Empower Radio presents the Dr. Julie Show, all things connected. Break through the illusion of separation, explore the infinite field of possibility, and make connections that inspire. Now, here's your host, Dr. Julie Crawl. Hello and welcome everyone. Welcome to the Dr. Julie Show, all things connected. Each week we gather right here to make connections that break through the illusion of separation. And today you might be asking, what? Are those connections when I bring up the topics of sports, the NFL, and consciousness? Well, I have a incredible show for you today. Hey, what would it be like to be one of the first whistleblowers or truth tellers in a powerful industry? According to the San Jose Mercury News, our guest today was brave enough to leave professional football at the height of his career and publish the first critical look at dehumanizing aspects of pro football. The editor of Look Magazine called it the roughest sports book ever written. His book rocked the sports world in the 1970s. So, what does a true visionary leader do next after exposing fraud, payoffs, racism, drug abuse, and incredible violence? Well, work to transform it, of course, from the inside out. I invite you to take a few deep breaths. Bring your awareness into this moment. Open your mind. Connect with your heart. And settle into your essential self as I introduce our guest. David Magazine is a former seven-year NFL linebacker with the St. Louis Cardinals. He authored the book, Out of Their League, a best-selling football autobiography, which is included in Sports Illustrated's 100 Best Sports Books Ever Written. I love that. He has lectured and conducted workshops and seminars at more than 200 colleges and universities, co-founded the Esalen Sports Center, and taught a seminar, Sports, Consciousness, and Social Change, at Stanford University. For the past 25 years, he has served as Western Regional Director of the, Nebra- the National, I about said Nebraska, we are a football state here, I can't wait to hear what David has to say about that, but he's been the Regional Director of the National Football League Players Association and the NFL Players Labor Union, and he's a board president for the Athletes United for Peace. He has mentored and counseled numerous elite college and professional athletes. Megacy has been a vocal critic of professional and college revenue sports. In addition, he is a leader in developing a more comprehensive view of sports as a positive process for human growth and social transformation. He has conducted mind-body workshops, applying various mindset techniques to improve athletic performance, enjoyment, and quality of life. And one of the things I love most is he is a teaching associate with the brilliant Gene Houston. What a story here. Welcome, David. <laughs> Thank you, Julie. <laughs> I don't know what to say. <laughs> <laughs> what a bio. And you know, you, I you, love... You to me. <laughs> I, I really love your your courage and your story, but really, um, 
in my opinion, this happy ending of really working to transform what you saw in the football league. And so I want to go into that. There's so much, so many questions that I have and and you're a part of a really powerful group now and want to get into some of the activities that you're doing. But first, David, I have a traditional question here on the Dr. Julie show and I'd love to hear your response. So that question is, what does all things connected mean to you? Well, all things connected uh, means that's what reality is. And um, um, I think that uh, uh, the more we honor that and, and realize um, that it's even beyond, beyond connection, um, we are all part of the, the great evolving universe and aspects of it and dimensions of it. And um, we are we are here to be privileged, be, be actually privileged to to be living on this uh, most incredible and astounding planet Earth. And uh, I believe is when we truly wake up to ourselves, our larger selves, and this connection uh, with uh, all there is, fellow humans, and life itself. Uh, we can really begin to think about what we need to do to make this world a more phenomenal, better place for the coming generations, our children, our grandchildren, and uh, to really have, uh, which has been said many times, paradise on earth. And the other part of it I think that's really important in all this is that we human beings, being conscious being homo sapiens sapiens conscious of our consciousness that we can do it that we can that we can that we can make the transformation and uh, i think this is what we're all about at this point in history mm. thank you david that that was brilliant and one of the things i just want to just acknowledge that you said that that i've i've never talked about on this show with anybody before is really that that word connection is really not quite the word yet. We really exactly. don't have a word for what that is. So thank you for that. Yeah, that was, yeah. yeah, brilliant. And I loved how you tied that into our greater responsibility now here on the planet. You know, you've been working for decades Really, as a, I'm going to take Gene Houston's words, a social artist. I love, I love Gene Houston and I love that you've studied with her. And I would love for you to tell our listeners more about your story. Let's start at the beginning because you have, you, you grew up in a very poor and violent beginning childhood and worked your way through school, sports, and ended up in the NFL. And I'd love for you to just tell our listeners a little bit about how you got started, a little bit about your story. Well, I, 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 I've come to believe at this point in life, and, and even knew it, I think, during, during my younger years, is that we all have a, uh, a destiny, if you will, and I don't want to make too big a deal out of that, but we do have a... a uh, a warp through existence, and um, I was born into a circumstance that that were that was uh, you know a, a, as you described um, somewhat uh, you know violent and and uh, and all the rest uh, poverty, 
And, uh, but I always felt, I think even back then, as you asked me the question that, that I had, um, that there was a path for me, that there was an unfolding that was going on. And, um, uh, it really, you know, people use the phrase, well, you worked very hard at it. I guess I did, but also I, I really did follow what I really love to do. And I think I followed my, if you will, higher view of things. I think I was plugged in fairly early in life. And I think many of us uh, have this experience uh, who are on the planet right now. And um, so I went on to play uh, 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 as a football player at Solon High School, which is a very small school in Ohio. And then I got a athletic scholarship, a football scholarship to Syracuse University and, and, uh, and uh, played on a national championship team during my time at Syracuse, and then I was drafted by the St. Louis Cardinals in the National Football League in the NFL and and went on to play seven years in the NFL. And um, during that time, I was involved in the civil rights movement and, and the anti-Vietnam War movement. Uh, the the anti-Vietnam War, anti-war office was in our house, actually. And uh, so... I and I was also going to graduate school at the same time at Washington University. So there was a lot going on and 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 to me football was was something that I really loved to do and I really uh um I really enjoyed it, but I was also engaged in in other aspects of my life. I was married and had uh, uh two children at the time and and um so that's pretty much it. And then I wrote out of their league, uh, which was the first book to really look, take a real critical look at how we do big time sport, uh, in, in, in society, in the country. And, uh, to me, when we're talking about human transformation or social change, you know, the social aspect is an absolutely important part of it. And I think, Waking up to all that's happening is all what we need, is what we need to do, and and uh, that was part of my awakening and part of my expressing a reality that was uh, was there, and uh, I think the book had a pretty good impact on on really starting a transformation in sport, uh, and there were other people at the time, Muhammad Ali and Billie Jean King and uh, Martina Navratilova, and and there were a number of athletes and Tommy Smith and John Carlos who basically were starting to look at sport as related to the culture and the society and really endeavoring to, 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 to change it, to do things, to really transform it. So uh, I was part of that what we what we what we back then called the athletic revolution and uh in in our in our sense to try to make sport more aligned with what people really uh their people's higher sensibilities and um and really almost bring it back to uh uh the the notion of uh of amateur which is to do the love of the love of doing it which is uh, what sport really comes down to. Mm. Oh, I appreciate that. And, you know, just your voice um, accompanied by all of those other athletes really did start a revolution. So thank you for that. And thank yes, you for the courage so. 
And I'm just curious, David, um, coming out of this powerful industry and the, there's, there's so much there and so much in your book, what, what inspired you to come out and tell your story and challenge the status quo and, and be a part of this revolution? Well, uh, um, what happened is, is I, because I was involved in the anti-war activity and I had 34 of my teammates to sign an anti-war petition and management found out about it and they were not happy because the NFL as an institution was very much in support of the, of the Vietnam War, yet half the country was at the time opposed to the war. And of course, all the student demonstrations were going on and, uh, you know, the four students at Kent State were, were killed and at Jackson State were students were killed. So uh, there was a tremendous amount of turmoil around the war that was happening. And, and, and myself and a number of my teammates, of course, were young people. And, and, and uh, we signed a petition that I, that I put together to, to uh, protest the war. And, um, and the management uh, was on the other side of the fence. And, and they had the power to bench me or not let me play when I was the best player at my position. And that was a very hurtful thing for me. And I really began looking at sport, thinking, how do we, we really need to change it. This is really, this is really not, uh, not right and not the way it should, it, it, it should be. And uh, that was the primary impetus to write out of their league was to bring it in line with the larger social movement that was happening, not only in this country, but happening in, in Europe for sure in Japan and other parts of the world where the younger people then, as they are now, were waking up to a fundamental inequity and injustice that ex that exists in society and an endeavor to change it. So I wanted to bring sport, which was a major institution, particularly the National Football League, that was basically su supporting, if you will, the military-industrial complex, and and to, to bring athletes and sport into that discussion, into that movement, and into that dialogue. So that was really the, the impetus to write out of their league, which basically was my personal autobiography, my story of, okay, here's how it is for for a person who lived through it, who, you know, was at the, you know, the top of the game at Syracuse and the top of the game, uh, you know, with, uh, in the NFL. And, um, but here's what's really going on. And nobody had ever done that. Nobody had ever really kind of told that story. So uh, that was the general impetus for me uh, writing it, to bring sport more in line with uh, the, the larger movement that was going on in the culture at the time. Mm. And it's still going on, by the way. Yeah, it's still going on. And I, I would love to hear you speak about that, too, because you do talk about um, in some of your more recent articles and you've blogged and you speak and you do a lot of of beautiful communicating in the world. And, and really, football's place in American society is is pretty sacred. And we love it, our it football. Yeah, we do. <laughs> so we do. Tell us yeah. about that. It, it's it's a consumption and it's an obsession, and it's it's so much more. Where are uh, we at today with American football? Well, I, I mean, it's 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 iconic, and 
in so many ways, and uh, uh, I've written one avenue that I've written about is I call it our American War Game, which was really not my message. It was an article actually in Esquire magazine way back in 1968 that called it, you know, the American War Game, and it's a, a conquest and defense of territory um, through violence, and that's basically what goes on in, 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 in military activity. And, and so you can look at it through that lens, and there's a lot of power in that process. And, um, and of course, it's a, it's, a, it's a very violent game, and uh, we're finding out now how damaging it can be to people's brains with the uh, with this emergence of CTE, the, the, the uh, brain disease that, that you get when you get your head banged around too much. And uh, so, but it's, we're the only country in the world that plays it, which is interesting. And, and, and so there's kind of that sociological analysis you could look at, well, how, why are we? I mean, the, the uber competitiveness that we have in the culture and uh, the militarism that we have in the culture. Look, our military surpasses the next 20 countries in the world's military expenditure. I mean, and people don't really talk about that too much you know, or look at that too much. But the huge amount of resources that this country spends on, on the military is astounding. And, and to think about how we could take just a chunk of that, 20%, and put it toward social good is, is, is mind-blowing that we don't do that. So we're still in the middle of it is, is what I'm saying. And, and to me, looking at it from that lens, football is a game that really well represents that militarization idea. But then when you scratch a little bit deeper, you realize is that there's these phenomenal athletes playing this extraordinary game in a very intense crucible of competition and conflict. And But what you will see is after the game, athletes will embrace each other, they will talk to each other, because they realize is that in their bones, the idea of competition really means the root word, which is competere, which means to strive together. And there is this striving together in athletic competition, which is what I think really people are attracted to and really see and maybe in some sense project in their own lives or mirror in their own lives to some extent. And so it's, it's a very complex Problem, not problem. It's a complex issue, but I think there's many ways you can look at it. And and my, as I see what I'm doing in the world, is to try to look at it as most comprehensively as possible. And uh, that's why bringing sport in relation to consciousness studies, uh, consciousness work, to me is a very very critical piece of of the puzzle to move it in that direction. Yeah, we're going to go in that direction in just a minute, but I'm curious. I um, I had two boys who played football in high school, too, and one went on to play in a D2, and I, I love the game, the actual yes, game of it. I was the game. best, yeah. yeah, I was the best football mom there ever was. I promise you, I was a good fan. I knew the game well, <laughs> and I loved it. And yet, I just this fall, I was talking with my brother-in-law, and he was talking, uh, he read a recent article about the statistics and was talking about the future of the NFL. He was really grieving and he was saying, you know, 
parents are discouraging their kids from playing football in the younger years and there's a trickle-down effect of not having enough players. What do you see as the future of football and the, the National Football League? Oh, I think it's going to be with us for a long time. I mean, um, because it's really morphed into probably the best television entertainment there is. I mean, every, you know, Super Bowl far surpasses any other form of programming in terms of numbers of people who watch the games. And, and you know, as you say, the game is incredibly, you know, exciting, incredibly dramatic, and 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 incredibly visceral. And yes. part of the visceralness of it is 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 the contact, is is hitting, and and uh, and also the the extraordinary uh, athleticism that you see with the running backs and the wide receivers and the quarterbacks and 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 uh, the defensive backs and so on and and so it it is such a rich rich game but uh you know the, the shadow side is emerging you know with the chronic traumatic encephalopathy the cte and and i think as as it emerges as more parents are understanding is wait a minute this in in the newer newest research now says it's even more impactful on high school kids playing than it is in the NFL or in college. And so I think you're going to see a shrinking of the bo- at the bottom, And but I think for a long time we're going to have, uh, you know, people who, who want to play, who like to play, and I love to play. I mean, it's a wonderful game to play as an athlete and, um, and certainly is attractive in the culture. And there was a book published maybe 20 years ago in, in a television series called Friday Night Lights, and I think probably a number of people plugged into it. And, of course, you know, you're talking to me from Nebraska, which is, you know, the main football state, of the, one of the main mm-hmm. football states in the country. And uh, so, you know, there is that, that Friday night football. And in, in so many you know, thousands and thousands of small towns uh, all across this country have Friday night lights, Friday night football. And it's such an enmeshment in the culture. And I think we really reflect so much of who we think we are and who we want to be or who we project we want to be. And uh, so it's, 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 it's a very complex, uh, complex story, but I think we're good. It's going to be with us a long time, but I, I would encourage parents to my, where I come down on this is really uh, younger than 15. You shouldn't be playing contact football. And, um, and what I really hate to see is is little kids, uh, you know, six, eight years old, ten years old, playing full contact football and smacking their heads into each other. I just don't think it's it should be done. So that's where I come down on it. But uh, the game's going to be with us for a long time. Mm. Well, thank you for that. I appreciate that. And I know that, you know, I have lots of of football fans, football lovers in my um, family and and friends. And it's a big deal. And I love and appreciate how you've brought consciousness into the sport, not only as an individual athlete in enhancing their performance and, and looking at that, but also as the culture and looking at the bigger picture of it. So after the break, we're really going to dig into what this, what this culture looks like and how it can be transformed through consciousness and not just our individual um, athleticism. But I also love how you've talked about 
football and sport and you've equated it with spirituality and a spiritual practice. And so I I just want to, before our break here, just mention to our listeners, this this conversation is going to get really good. And I I really appreciate that. But you are a part of a larger group in sports, energy, and consciousness. And you're doing some really important things, bringing awareness to our culture, looking to transform the culture. and, And just like you said, Competition can be a really good, healthy thing. So we mustn't yes. throw out the baby with the bathwater, right? The baby, exactly right. Exactly right, Julie. Yeah. Excellent. Okay, so I'm going to take a quick break here. We are talking with David Megacy. He's the author of Out of Their League. He's also one of the founding members of Sports, Energy, and Consciousness, and they have a lot to tell us. So when we come back, more with David Megacy. Come to the forest. It's a place not so far away. A place where you don't have to mow the lawn or babysit. I saw lizards and squirrels and bugs. Ladybugs, caterpillars. It's really cool, actually. A place where you don't have to make time for free time. Lots and lots of kinds of species here. Out here, you may even meet the mysterious creature known as the other you. The enchanted you. It's magic what flowers do. The adventurous you. My favorite tree. Yes. That one. The free to be me you. (laughs) Ask your parents to take you to this not so far away place. Come to the forest where the other you lives. But first, stop by discovertheforest.org. A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. Do you get tired of styling your hair every day? And do you want a good hairstyle every day? Hi, I'm Sarah Schuster. I went on a website called inventnow.org, and after that, I decided to invent something too. Something called the Insta-Do. Just imagine, you just put it over your head like a helmet does, and you pick your hairstyle with the buttons on the side, and you can have instant hairstyle in seconds. People like it. People like Jeff Bart. I like it. And people like Kenneth. It's a summer thing, and it fits over your head, and it's great. Thank you, Kenneth. You should go to inventnow.org, and it could help you come up with your own invention. After all, look at me on the radio now. Anything's possible. Keep thinking. Get started on your own inventions, or just play some games at inventnow.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office, the National Inventors Hall of Fame Foundation, and the Ad Council. Hey, Larry, mind if I sit down? Nope. This coffee tastes like uh, coffee. So what's going on? Not much. What's new? Not much. Okay, but can you please put the newspaper down while you say not much? What newspaper? This newspaper. Oh, dude, what happened to your face? I see one, two, three, four, five, six. Dude, what is this? Eleven pieces of toilet paper stuck to your face? I'm shaving in the dark to save energy. I'm helping the environment. That's a dangerous way to help the environment. Well, sometimes you have to sacrifice yourself for the greater good. Dude, 
There's an easier and safer way to help the environment without sacrificing yourself. Go green, go public. Take public transportation. It's good for the environment and you won't have to live behind a newspaper. Wow. But for now, put the newspaper back up. A message from the public transportation systems across the country. To learn more, visit publictransportation.org. Now, back to the Dr. Julie Show. All things connected on Empower Radio. Welcome back. Hey, if you're inspired by our conversation today and want to share it with others or maybe just listen to it again, please visit our website at thedrjulieshow.com where you'll find all the archive links and a listing of upcoming guests. Again, that's thedrjulieshow.com. And stay connected all week on our Facebook page, All Things Connected with Dr. Julie, where we love to continue the conversation. I'm sure David and I would both love to see your comments and, and share any, any reflections you have about today's show. So join us there. And we're talking with David Megacy, author of Out of Their League and doing amazing things on the planet. You can find more about David at davidmegacy.com and you spell that d-a-v-i-d-m-e-g-g-y-e-s-y.com again davidmegacy.com david you wrote some beautiful things i love your book um thank you for your just transparent frank reflections of your experience growing up and playing the sport at three different levels. And really, you didn't start when you were five or six or seven either. You didn't start till high school. But I want to share this quote that you recently wrote because I think this gets us into the whole consciousness piece, which is a really important part of our conversation today. You wrote, Every day, millions of people engage in fitness, training, and recreational sport. Many reasons are given for these numbers to look better, lose weight, live longer, be healthier, feel better, perform better, be sexier, foster friendship and camaraderie, etc. But my sense is there's there exists an unrecognized deeper internal process going on for many if it if not most of these individuals. Daily practice and engaging in the athletic experience is really a form of spiritual practice, only it is not recognized or acknowledged as such. You compare peak performance with Zen practice. Do you want to talk more about spiritual practice and sport? Okay. I love that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Ju. Uh, yes, I, well, I, I was, I, I want to back up just for a little bit, uh, if I might, and then I'll, sure. I'll jump forward into this. I think that what, not I think, and many, many commentators have pointed this out is, is we humans are in the midst of, of what, uh, David Corton has talked called, uh, uh, the great, the great, the great turning. And there is a whole, if you will, other people have put it as whole systems transition. There's a whole systems change. And the, the, the top of the iceberg that we see in this whole systems change, and this means really every, everything that humans do is going through a process of, of, of transformation, and the tip of the iceberg, in a way, and we, we tend to inflate it uh, hugely because it's really so much in our face, is the technological change that we, uh, that we are, are right in the middle of right now. And 
and when we start moving into the virtual reality uh, 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 dimension of moving from information to experience that can be delivered by our technologists, it's going to be a whole other brave new world. And uh, sometimes I think the matrix is on us before we know about it. But at any rate, uh, my part of what my work was for the past 10 years after I started working for the, for the union and, and having my hand in consciousness work all my life to some extent was to do a similar thing that I, that I did with out of, their, out of Their League, was to bring sport into the interrelationship with the consciousness movement that is happening throughout the world. Mm. And, and I look at it as a movement that we can almost mark in this country. It's about 50 years old, the foundation of Esalen uh, Institute on the West Coast, National Training Labs, Jean Houston, as a matter of fact, who I call her the godmother of the human potential movement in this country, and Mike Murphy, the founder of Esalen, co-founder of Esalen, is the godfather. So we are in the middle of, of, of that shift, which entails people moving from the external view, moving into the internal view, and what is going on in their existence, in their psyches, that relate to how they live in the world, how they relate to other human beings, and how they relate to life and the planet itself. Now, I think when you back up, you can look at sport, as somebody said, sport is a special arena of disclosure of our highest potentials. And you really can look at that of all the records that are broken in sport routinely and look at the rise of, of, of these very dangerous, dangerous uh, you know, sports that involve, uh, you know, jumping off of cliffs and uh, hang gliding and, and all these kinds of things that that people never did before, in part because now the technology exists. But I think we can back up and say that sport really can be seen as a transformative practice, a sport as a yoga, if you will. I mean, if we take yoga in the biggest sense and say, oh, what is it? Well, it's a way of of coupling our local selves, as some people say, with a larger view that we talked about when we opened the show, you know, this larger reality that we're all part of, enmeshed in, and manifest, and we're a manifestation of, and manifesting at the same time. So, so I think when you start looking at, at sport as a transformative practice, it's integrative, it integrates mind, body, spirit, soul, and it also manifests these, the supernormality of what human beings are capable of doing. And, and why I come down as being pretty op optimistic in the face of all this is to understand that we human beings have these, this enormous capacity, enormous capability to really, because we have the capability to choose, because we are self-reflective, because we are homo sapiens sapiens, that we are aware, we are conscious of being conscious, that we can make the shift to a better world, if you will, to a better perspective, a more comprehensive perspective, where we really understand that, that we are not this competitive dog-eat-dog -dog structure that we've been kind of taught to believe that that's what life is about. It's not, it's not what life is about. And, and clearly, the only way we're going to kind of get there and we're going to move through this phase is to make this consciousness shift. So 
I think when you start looking at sport, for example, competition is the, the ground of sport. Okay. Got to win. Right. You know, and, but when you look at the word, what does competition mean? The root word is competere. It means, it's from the Greek, it means to strive together. So in competition, we basically encourage, support, uh, fuel each other's getting better at whatever they're doing. The problem in sport and the problem in life is who gets the spoils of this. Now, the Greeks understood this, and this is why they gave, they didn't give a pot of gold for the winner. They gave an olive, olive wreath, okay? And one of the big problems we have in the culture right now is the winners, you know, get the money, get the gold, get the, get, get the, get the, uh, the, the material resources. And so we have this very skewed distribution of, of wealth in this society. And now it's finally being realized. It's finally being realized that, wow, we have the, 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 the winners, if you will, have taken all the, the stuff. And I know I'm, I'm, I'm overinflating this a little bit. So I think that that's another shift that we have to look at. That's another shift that we have to look at. But sport has this possibility because, as I said before, when you look at professional athletes, one of the most moving experiences that I saw, I saw it on television when LeBron James, the best basketball player on the planet, in 12, when they beat Oklahoma City in the championship, went and fully embraced every starter on on Oklahoma City's Oklahoma's team, embraced them, held them, held them. And I was literally a crying <laughs> to do it again. But it was such an honoring of, uh, of the experience. And so what it comes down to is we must honor each other, fully, fully honor each other. And if we can move into these states of understanding and awareness and consciousness, this is the springboard to start to deal with and to deal with the issues that we have to deal with. Or good chance our grandchildren are not going to have a planet to live on that's going to look anything like this one. Yeah. So it, it's, 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 it's no joke. And I think that, that, that sport seeing and being transformed and, and encouraging this larger perspective can be such a powerful process because sport, millions and millions of people do it. Millions of, millions of people watch. Okay. And, and it's one of those things in the culture. But when you look at it, it doesn't put any meat and potatoes on the table. It's just there that in every culture has sport. And why? When you look at the human condition, you say, well, why? You know, and it is this way of really bringing people together fundamentally. It is a yeah. process to bring people together fundamentally. And so that's kind of what we're dealing with as I see it. And I know this is a little long-winded for your audience, but, but, but you know, that's how I see it. And that's why yeah. I see what we're doing here, you know? Yeah, David, this is really important. I just really want to pause and really reflect on that because what you're talking about is so much more than just the transformative practice for an individual. And I appreciate exactly. greatly how you're really 
integrating this into our culture and really asking for change, the shift in our perspective, the shift in our practices, the shift in our values. And and when you talk about the winner takes all, how do we go about making this cultural change? Where do we start? How, How do we do this? Where... What are your ideas? Well, I mean, the many, many ideas. I mean, what popped into my head is, and and is that is that, and 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 companies have done this. You know, you as things develop, you spread the wealth to your employees, you spread the wealth to your to your community in some fashion. You, d- you design a mechanism. For example, the one NFL team that is an exemplar is the Green Bay Packers. Well, why? Because it is owned by the community. All the other 31 teams are owned by individuals, okay? So mm-hmm. when you look at Green Bay, what they do, they started out that way. They kept it that way. There's, you know, stockholders. There's no one owner. And what they do is they take a certain amount of the profit and they put it back into the community, into youth sports programs. Now, why can't our teams that are, 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 are NFL, you know, franchises that are making such huge amount of money actually do this and consciously do this. Okay, just as a first step in looking at that view. But if this is the creativity, Julie, that's going to be need to be taken, is to really figure out how to fairly redistribute and yet keep the yet keep the incentive in the system so people will really, you know, create and work hard and and and, and do all the things that you need to do to really manifest uh, incredible things on in, in the world, and uh, you know the Bill Gateses and, and and Steve Jobs and you know just two two guys who are kind of symbols. But this is what we see in sport as well. And I've always said, you know, it's 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 strange when you look at sport. Not strange, but when you look at sport. You say, I've always said, you know, you 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 almost need to love your opponent more than your teammate because without your opponent, you couldn't play the game. And so. The issue is is how we skew the the spoils of the distribution, and and maybe we can look to sport as a as a as a process of of doing that as well. So, but I think the creative changes that we're all going to need to make are really revolve around these issues, and and uh, because they 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 certainly go to the heart of the environmental issues that we're facing. And uh, God Almighty, you, anything you can pull out of the hat is there is is right for change. Like I said, we are in the middle of whole systems transition, and every level, yeah, and every level of of everything that human beings do, from the food you eat to the energy you burn in your house to the automobile you drive and how you fuel it to you name it. Okay, and we're in the middle of it. So. Uh, and I just strongly encourage people to understand it and jump into it and uh, contribute where you can contribute, and and uh, you'll have a great time doing it, you know? Yeah. And uh, don't fall off the wagon. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, when we talk about this whole systems change and we talk about the evolution of consciousness on our planet, I think that it's easy for those that, uh, I'll put in quotes, those that are awakened, quote, unquote, a lot of times with conscious community, we, we get to the place where we say, oh, it's our time for cooperation and collaboration and co-creation. So 
competition is bad and we've we've reverse judged this thing and there's so much we can still learn and grow from really embracing it just looking at the shadow side like you talked about but also being aware that as every institution on our planet is breaking down and breaking through into new innovations so can sport and and really our experience of being in our physical body training competing there's there's so much value there yeah absolutely absolutely and and i think you know to to come up with the 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 ways as you said of well how do we you know what are the ideas that we do to transform this i mean you know, like your mom used to say, don't be selfish. Start there. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> be kind, you know, be kinder. I'm, Start yeah. there. <laughs> okay. And, and, and not, not to be facile about it. Cause I, I don't mean that facile that way at all, because it really is true. And, and, um, but I do, and I do believe that, and no, not more than belief and no, that the change primarily must start within each individual. Okay. Now you can get informed in different ways, but that larger view, if you will, that deeper view, that more human and humane view must start within with every individual. And that's what to me consciousness is all about. That's yeah. what spirituality is all about. So, we're, 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 it all comes back to each of us. We have, there's, we're all unique beings on the planet. We all have to pull it in how we can pull it in, and we all have to start making the transformations within ourselves. And part of that transformation is engaging our social reality where we engage it. And maybe it's just making your family better, you know, mm-hmm. relating to your kids better, relating to your spouse or significant other better. I mean, this is no no big laying a trip on everybody to do whatever, but yeah. you start there and you move out. You know, Even you expand the circle to where you can. Yeah, thank you. You know, we we have about ten minutes left, and I I think that you have gathered with some visionary leaders, and you do have another solution that I think is is really brilliant of really really. Increasing the awareness, bringing awareness to sport as a positive and really tackling head on the shadow side. So I want to bring this up. You're a part of the sports energy and consciousness group and you're going to gather and have your very first annual festival and educational event this summer. Talk, Talk a little bit about sports energy and consciousness group. Well, they're... You know, as as I think is happening in all dimensions of of, 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 of human activity, uh, there are a number of people who have been understanding this this larger view, if you will, I call it that, of what sport can be. And in fact, I got involved way back in 1973 as a co-founder of the Esalen Sports Center. And Mike Murphy, who is the co-founder of Esalen Institute wrote a book called Golf in the Kingdom. And what we started to really look at was, okay, how, how, how can we see sport in a larger perspective and what's going on here in terms of its relationship to consciousness and its relationship to spirit? And Mike coined, it was his, his, his phrase, by the way, he said, you know, 
we can look at sport as our emerging Western yoga. And, and of course, we know now there's millions and millions of people doing yoga, but what we're, what we're saying is, is take, it, take the athletic experience and view it with a yoga consciousness, if you will, okay, and start looking at it that way. That's one way to, to, to look at it. So uh, for me, F, that's where it started uh, for me um, way back then. I got involved uh, with it then. And uh, so we actually we did a conference way back then and all the rest of it. And there was the inner game of tennis and different books started to emerge, inner game of skiing, uh, the ultimate athlete that uh, the late George Leonard wrote, who was a colleague of, uh, of Mike Murphy's. Uh, so there was a, there were there were a number of people who 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 were catching on to the relationship of sport and consciousness, and it kind of went fallow for a number of years, and now is emerging because you look at it, Pete Carroll, who's the head coach of the Seattle Seahawks, is very much into into this work, and I knew Pete way back when, and. And uh, he's dialed into this perspective. And Mike Gervais, who is his guy who he works with, uh, uh, is, is also, uh, uh, you know, dialed in. So there are a number of people at all different levels who really are expanding their understanding of how we can do sport and how we can coach sport. So uh, we're just fortunate at this point uh, to see, uh, to identify a number of people that were out in the country who didn't know each other. And Rick Lutzkowitz got a hold of me and said, what do you think? And I said, well, let's start try to bring these people together. And we did. We formed Sports Energy and Consciousness Group. And uh, we pulled together a lot of people. We we had a couple of meetings. And uh, we wrote a book that was published in, 19, in, in 2014 called Sports Energy and Consciousness, Awakening Human Potential Through Sport edited by Eric Leskowitz, and um, you can find it on Amazon. And, and what's interesting, we have a number of very, very good reviews about the book from athletes and from people who've been into consciousness teachers for a long time and former athletes themselves, So, uh, including Gene Houston. And, and so uh, that's where it is. And right now, and we're doing a sport, we're calling it a sports festival, we're going to do it at Dominican University in, in San Rafael, California on June 10th to 12th of this year. And I invite everybody everybody and anybody to come and to, and to go into our website, sportsenergygroup.com. And you can check check that out and check out the, uh, the, the festival and who's going to be presenting at the festival. We have a real nice array of presenters from uh, one of the top women bodybuilders in the world, who was Arnold Schwarzenegger's counterpart when uh, he was a champ and she was a champ, women's champ. Catrapoli uh, is, is her name, and uh, a number of other people are going to be there uh, to uh, to do uh, presentations during the weekend. It'll be fun. It'll be, be very interesting, and it'll be fun as well. Yeah, I'm thinking about putting that on my calendar and heading out. I've been invited to be there, and I just think it would be just really a rewarding experience 
to be in that positive environment and to talk about the transformation of sport from the inside out. So, so thank you for that. Thank you for gathering well, with these I, people. And, yeah, and, and, and Dr. Lee, I think too, you know, I mean, I think that we're, we're at the, we're at the emerging end of it. In fact, uh, uh, there's a guy, George Mumford, who worked for the Chicago Bulls and the LA uh, Lakers. And, uh, and as he put it, he said, he said, I'm just coming out of being clandestine, and I like that word. <laughs> you know, it's like coming <laughs> out, of, out of the shadows, and uh, and, it, and it, it is the it is an emerging. When you look at what we call mindset training in relation to even sport training, coaching, um, I view it as where uh, weight training was in sport 40 years ago. Yeah. And uh, you know what coach doesn't? You know what golfer doesn't have their sports psychologist with them? You know so. We're really seeing from the athletes who are understanding, saying, wait a minute, the whole mental side of this, the inner game, mindset training, is absolutely incredibly important to my success as an athlete. And so we're seeing it coming in in so many different ways, which is very exciting. It's, 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 uh, it's very, very wonderful that way. Yeah. It is. It is. So I'm going to remind our listeners again, they can go to sports energygroup.com go to sportsenergygroup.com and learn more about the upcoming sports festival hey david we have about three minutes here and i would be remiss if i didn't ask this next question because i'm really curious what you would say what do you have to say in two and a half minutes or less to our young athletes on the planet right now what inspiration would you give them well number one i would say enjoy the sport you do and um, that's to start there and if you're interested in pursuing it start looking at some of these things that people are doing about how to uh, do sport well which you respect the game you respect your opponent you respect yourself and it really is about playing winning is part of it but the focus is on doing it, enjoying it, and excelling. That's what I would say. And don't focus on the winning so much. Focus on the excelling and in the enjoying. Mm. And uh, you'll come to love it, and you'll have a good time, and you won't get burned out on it. But uh, focus not on the winning, but uh, excelling. Excelling. I think you're going to have a new definition of winning and success when it comes to sports. You guys yeah. are brilliant. I appreciate doing that. Doing your best. Always you know, doing your best and excelling. Really having a good time and, and just get out there and get into it. You know, that's what I would tell. You know, and, and don't worry about the winning so much. You know, so mm. just have a good time. Mm. Thank you. Okay, so out of the league, out of their league, it shocked out of their readers. League. Out of their league, shocked these readers, provoked an outrageous response, and rocked the sports world. But look, more importantly, began this powerful journey, social justice, personal liberation for you, players' rights, bringing consciousness to sports. We are talking with David Megacy. He's the author of Out of Their League. David, thank you so much for being with us today. Well, thank you, Dr. Julie. I very, very much enjoyed our conversation. This is is wonderful. Thank you. 
Mm, you are welcome. Thank you. I have enjoyed it too. And listeners, if you're curious, again, you can find more information on David at thedrjulieshow.com. And you can also go to his site, davidmegacy.com. And again, their conference is coming up in June. Go to sportsenergygroup.com. What a delightful and hopeful, hopeful look at sports in the future. Thank you so much, David. And listeners, we have another wonderful guest for you next week. Thank you for tuning in. We'll see you next week. Bye for now.